What's up, book lovers? Yes. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Half the Shelves. May has come and gone, and so many things have happened this month. Right? Um, yeah, I know I was very excited about spring, and I've gone on so many hikes, and I actually got a new summer job. So that's my other thing. That's my other favorite thing about spring. It's like the beginning of summer, and summer jobs. Oh, I thought that your new job was kind of a permanent one, not just a summer. No, it's it's kind of complicated, but.、Um, It's with a organization that's contracted with the federal government, and so it depends on contracts. And this contract is going to end in July, and then it might get renewed, and it will definitely end by the end of summer. So it is literally a summer job. So is it a nonprofit organization? Yeah, they work with youth. They have a lot of different programs, but the one I'm working with is. With unaccompanied minors coming from countries like Honduras and Nicaragua, and so it's kind of like a shelter for those people. Oh, okay. I wonder if they are the same group that is sheltering the kids, the refugee kids at the convention center. Yeah, it's the same place. Oh, it is the same place. Okay, I have heard about that. A few people from my. Uh, from my library, have to go volunteer. Not volunteer. We get paid, but have to go there because they needed a lot of people, and they weren't getting enough staff. So wow. Okay. Cool. So yeah, I was excited to have this job, obviously, but I also had a feeling this might be kind of an intense experience, and I was excited to have this kind of lighter reading time where I picked up a beach read kind of book and. So that's what made this period so nice, and it's what I looked forward to every spring, pretty much reading beach reads and chilling. <laughs> well, it is you know approaching summer, so that makes sense. Well, I on the other hand, well, I went through a little bit different stuff than you. I had my finals. That was. You know the very stressful, intense two three weeks of my life, and it cycles every what four five months. So that wasn't really fun,、uh, but I should be getting my grades back soon, and I'm pretty confident that I pass all the class. So yay! Yay for passing! <laughs> yes, I just need to pass, professors. I just need to pass. Just give me a C. And、uh, aside from that, I recently went to a cabin in Idlewild and had like a little mini, mini getaway with me and my partner and one of our, oh well,、um, and our other couple friends, and that was kind of nice. And it was only a two day, you know, trip, and and I like it. And one of my friends is getting married, and I gonna be her bridesmaid. So yay, yeah. And what else happening? Let's see. Um. Not. Oh, I will be. Oh, I don't know if I told you. I will be going to Iceland in about two months in July,、wow. late July.、Iceland. Yes. It's only a place I've dreamed about. 
but never visited. You can go there sometime. I just have to wait for my passport to come back. I renewed it a little late in April, and hopefully, I mean, I should get back in in you know at the end of June. But hopefully, I'll get back before I'll get the passport before I go on a trip. What are you doing there? I have no idea. Wow, that's so interesting. I could never go to a place and like not have some kind of plan. Yeah, I don't normally plan anything. Well, okay, that's a lie. I do plan stuff, but the thing is, like, you know, there are some travelers that they know that they want to go to this country. They want to go to Korea. They want to go to France, and they just know it. I, on the other hand, I look at the the flight prices, and I'm like, ooh, this is super cheap. I mean, you know how I went to Cambodia and Spain. It was not because I wanted to go to those countries. It was literally because the round trip to Spain was like three hundred eighty dollars, and the round trip to Cambodia was like four hundred thirty dollars. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good way to explore places you wouldn't have otherwise gone to. Exactly. And then you know, once you bought the ticket, then you do research, and you're like, all right, now what do I do? And then we go from there. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder. I don't know anything about Iceland. I hear about other countries. The only thing that our teachers told us in elementary school about Iceland was that people confused Iceland and Greenland, so they were the names were supposed to be switched. Yes, Greenland has a lot more ice than Iceland. I do not know why they named the countries the way they named it.、Uh, I really don't, but that would be something for me to research for next time.、Mm-hmm. And Icelandic is incredibly hard because the letters don't make sense. At least that's what I've heard. Yes, I wonder how many languages they speak over there because every country has like you know more than more than one language. So I wonder what they speak in it. Hopefully, I will learn a few basic phrases before I go there. I'm pretty sure everybody in Europe speaks English because that's kind of the the common language nowadays. But but I would. Also, love to learn Icelandic language. Hmm. Okay. So,、yeah. let's、well. get into our reading. So, I know you read. I'd rather be reading. Yes, I have. It was actually recommended to me by one of our Instagrammer, the Book Royal. And you know what? I have to say, the book was really fun one to read. It was super light. It is a nonfiction book. So what the book's really about is this author Anne Bojol. She talks about, you know, the struggles that we all have, and by we, I really mean bookish people. You know who you are. And now, as a bookish lover, you will resonate a lot of her stories. I mean, I feel like I got called out quite a bit. It was really funny, especially on chapter ten. Chapter ten talks about the problems that we have as bookworms. Like we get way too many books. I'm guilty of that. We don't have enough time to read all of them. Also guilty of that. And our bookshelves are piling up. And I don't know if you guys have seen my Instagram, but Sonali definitely has seen my bookshelves. And let me tell you, it is over, over piling up. Yeah, I have as many books as that within my kids' teaching page. Yes, and then you know, and then I love that Anne Bojol also talks about about utilizing the library a lot because as somebody who works at the library, 
I definitely support the public libraries and then go to them. You know, their books are free. There's so many resources for you. So, but of course, that also means that we have to share those resources. And you know what that means? I have to return so many books to the library. And then sometimes I really just don't want to. Like the book is so pretty. The book is so nice. And I am like, no, don't take it away from me. Yeah, so I I like this book, and and Pojo also touches on how to shelf your bookshelves, how to not skip you know the acknowledgments, the preface, and so on, and and then she just talks about the book community, the the book community that we all create, and how books come together at the right time at the right place. So I I like it. I like I definitely feel like they would call me out as. As you know, with my struggles and like with my not wanting to return the book, so that was kind of nice. And then one of the quotes that I actually really like from the book, she actually references to Mary Kondo. And I don't know if you、hmm, have read、yeah. Mary Kondo. I'm trying to Mary Kondo my room right now. Yeah, it's a process. So she pretty much said, "You accept that it's time to call your personal library. You lovingly handle each book, determining if it brings you joy." It does. They all do. Hmm. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. So I, I feel like I borrow books from the library, but the ones that I feel like I'm really going to like, sometimes I just buy them because I know that I'll keep them for longer, hopefully. Um. And then the other ones, I usually just borrow them from the library, and then I return them when I'm done. And I know that if I ever want to read them again, I can either borrow or just buy the book. And that doesn't happen very often. And that shows that I most likely wouldn't have read the book again, even if I did buy it. Okay. Yeah. Same here. I don't think I have that many books that I would buy. To be honest, the. Uh, lately, there's only been there has only been one book that I'm like, oh, I would love to buy and just have it as my own collection. And it is actually our second podcast, the House Insurgency.、Hmm. That one, I'm like, oh, I would love to buy it. So I I'm gonna have to head to you know some bookstore next time and. Wait, and, so that's the only book that you've like thought about rereading?、Or? Yeah, so far. Wow. I yeah I don't normally reread. To be honest, the only books beside, well actually, well I still haven't reread the House of Seruency, obviously. But the only book that I have reread so far in my entire life was The Hobbit. Hmm. Yeah, and I read The Hobbit four times. I well、uh, the first two times because it was fun. The third time, like oh, I kind of forgot how it goes. The fourth time because the movie was just coming out, and I really wanted to compare how the movie and the book were. So, are you someone that usually sets reading goals for the year? I hear a lot of people saying they have a goal of fifty-two books this year or twenty-four books or something. No, I don't. I have a list of books that I want to read, especially at the library when I was shelving books. I don't shelf books anymore, but when I was shelving books, I would see the cover and be like, "Oh, really pretty!" And then I will look at the synopsis, and I'm like, "Oh, I want to read this." So I will like literally have a piece of paper with me at all times and a pen, and I'll just write down the name of the book and the author, and then so. 
to answer your question, no, I don't have a reading goal. I just have a, a list mm-hmm. of books that I want to read someday. Mm-hmm. Do you? Do you have a goal? I don't think you do, do you? No, I, I feel like I don't think in terms of numbers as much, especially with books, because I feel like it's it's not about how many books you read. It's about what your intention is with reading the books. Because if you read, like, 100 books, like, it doesn't do anything for you unless they're actually books that help you in your life or in some way add something to your life. And also, I think it's more about quality than quantity for me so if you're reading so many books that you don't have time to process them then that's also not really helping Mm -hmm. yeah I think for me right now two books a month is like the max that I can do now that I don't have school anymore it probably will be increased to like three books a month but two books a month is like a pretty sweet spot yeah I feel like I in the past I probably averaged like one book a month because I would go through periods where like I really felt like I needed to read books and I didn't read that often so I'd go to the library and pick up like three books or something and then I would read all three and then I wouldn't read again for a while so it was probably like on average one book a month okay that makes sense yes and I think this year is the first year that I'm like intentionally reading more because we have this podcast together yeah and you know that's interesting that that I ended up reading this book and then somebody recommended me this uh book and because she talks about like the book community that we all created and then we created a little a tiny community by creating this podcast Mm -hmm. and I don't know how your reading style has changed but by creating this podcast I'm a lot more active on my reading I'm not just passively reading because what will happen before is that I would just read and then not really pay attention to like you know, to the prose, to the the symbolism, to the metaphor, to the style, and uh, but now I, I but now I am I like I actually pay attention to like how they wrote, and then I I feel like I'm actively reading more. What about you? Yeah, um, and I think also being more intentional about like which books I read versus just picking books up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that that Ambojo talks about, you know, um, which I also mentioned, the book comes at the right time, right uh, place. Like she talks about how there are certain books that she has on her shelves for a long and a long time. And she was like, oh, I'm going to read to it someday. And she will pick it up, but then she would put it down because it didn't really interest her. But then something will happen. And that's the book that she ended up picking up. And then and at that moment, that's the only book that she could think of that makes sense to read at the time. So, so I feel like that kind of resonates with us. Like before, we just uh, pick up any any random book, but now we're like, oh, this this book makes sense for right now. Mm-hmm. I did like a lot of the chapter titles. I didn't actually read the book, but I skimmed through the table of contents and mm-hmm. all of the titles of her chapters are so funny. And I think a lot of us bookstagrammers and book lovers could probably relate to them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Now, the only thing about her book is that, you know, this is a very light book. It doesn't really have that much depth. So don't take it the book as like a how to book. Don't I mean it is some sort of a how to book, but like don't be surprised if it's not 
if it doesn't give you as much advice as you would like it to be. It's more about the book is more about validating your feeling as a book lover rather than uh, doing a, uh, telling you a how to be a book lover. If that makes sense. It seems like it would be like a really great sweet book for someone who loves books, like a birthday present or something. Oh yes, definitely. Or even like a book, if you have like a coffee table and you just like put books on your coffee table, this could be a fun one. It would start conversations and things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cute book. It's a fun book, and and I think it will be a. You know what? Any book lover reading through it will just be like, oh, I get called out for doing exactly that. So, so mm-hmm. I think this will be a great conversational piece. If you like our podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> that was like an awkward pod. So I was reading this book called um, What Fresh Hell? And I, I know on Instagram I had posted a while ago that I was looking for rom-com books or like beach reads or something and um, I finally found one. It was only $1.99 on Kindle so I wasn't really sure what to expect but it was it was really good and it was just what I was looking for. Um, so anyone who knows me like probably knows that I really don't like weddings and so this this is a really good book because the main character her name's Delilah and she somehow gets sucked into being the being a bridesmaid in the first chapter she gets sucked into being a bridesmaid at this acquaintance's wedding so it's not even like one of her best friends or anything it's just this friend that she doesn't really know very well but she didn't feel like she could say no to being a bridesmaid so she's at this um bachelorette party or something and everyone is like incredibly wasted and they're throwing up all over the place and somehow the ring gets lost and the bride kind of like emotionally manipulates her into going to look for the ring but she can't remember where it might have been possibly and she she thinks it might have been at one of the bars but they went to like so many different bars so this poor Delilah she goes through she goes to all the bars and she has to take cabs and everything so it's a lot of like cab money and somehow her phone dies and after this like miserable experience she finally comes back and she she meets the bride who says what happened where have you been like we found the ring a long time ago and the bride is mad at her for missing out on pictures and stuff. And so that's just the first chapter, but then it, it goes on and Delilah gets like gets pulled into being the maid of honor for actually her best friend. So this time it's like someone she actually really loves, but um, as you might expect, Lauren, her best friend, turns into like a bridezilla sort of even though she promises she won't and 
so it, it, I don't know it was really fun for me to like be able to like rage against the wedding industry and um vent along with Delilah about weddings yeah I you know um I have a different experiences with like brides and such and definitely do agree that it is hard to say no when someone asks you for uh to be their bridesmaid because it, it on one hand is like like I feel honored that you feel that we are so close that I get to be in your wedding on the other hand it's like like well maybe you know I'm not financially ready to say yes but then now I kind of feel like I have to or like I'm not really um ready to say yes due to my time constraint but I feel like I have to so I can totally see that but I feel like for me all the brides that I have dealt with are really laid back so I know that the majority you know is the majority of brides kind of turn into bridezillas and we have seen so many so many tv shows so many we have heard so many stories about that but for me i've been lucky to the point where none of the brides that i know have turned into bridezillas so it, it has been a, actually a pleasant uh, experience for me and then i know one of the things that we talked about is you know the bridesmaid dresses mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i don't want to buy a special dress that matches all of the other bridesmaids dresses because first of all I don't want to be told what to wear and also like I'm never going to wear this dress again I don't want to spend the money (laughs) and um yeah I I just don't love like events like that in general so the whole experience is like at least let me wear whatever I want to wear and then that's where I I think my opinion differs from you on one hand I'm like well you know, this is your vision, and then this is just one day. And also, I have never, again, this is just my personal, personal stuff. I mean, not personal stuff, my personal view. Um, I've never really met a bride that say you have to buy a dress that you're never going to wear for forever. Because, like, the ones that I was a bridesmaid, uh, she knows that this dress can be worn many other times. And I actually have worn it again. And this upcoming wedding that I will be a bridesmaid of like I know that she's gonna be picking a color and I get to choose whatever style that that accentuates me and then whatever design that I want and you know length that I want so I know that I'm gonna be choosing a dress that I'll be wearing again and then a lot of time I feel like you know it comes down to communication I feel like a good friend who a good bride friend will tell you this is what I expect of you and I totally understand you can't do it because that's what my experience with especially with this friend that will be getting married that she pretty much told me that you know she probably will just be picking a color or she will pick like five or six dresses and then I can choose any out of them and and it's and this is what she's kind of expecting and it's totally okay if you can't do it so I think sometimes I wonder like those the bad stories that we hear about how people have to spend so much and even in that book right like she's like being forced to go look for the ring like that's not a good friend at all like I wouldn't want to be a bridesmaid for that friend unfortunately I understand that I'm in the minority group here where I have actually had good experiences but and a lot of people hasn't but I but I don't know I that, that just yeah that's just my experience so far Yeah, so part of the book is also about how to 
um, stand up for yourself, I guess, because this main character, she, part of her life is going pretty well, actually. Like, she has this dream job, and the way that she's been able to get as far as she has in her job seems like it's because she just does what people expect of her, and that's gotten her to where she is, which on one hand is good, but um, she's also really miserable a lot of the time because she feels like she's just serving other people, and you know, she's serving her best friend at the wedding, and then she's serving her boss, and her boss, I think, doesn't even really know her name, and he thinks she's, like, a runner. She's, um, what does she do? She's, like, working on some TV show, and so she's in media, and this guy thinks she is there to, like, bring him coffee and all this stuff that's not her job. And she tells him at first, but she doesn't really insist on it because she's, like, it's just bringing it is not as, you know, it'll take more time for me to tell him no than just to bring it. And all of that is really, like, draining, I think. So part of this book is about, like, how do you stand up for yourself and what happens when you don't stand up for yourself? Yeah, Okay, I can see that. This description is a little different from what you were saying earlier, which is kind of just about bashing on weddings. Yeah, I think it's it's a little of everything because it's um the the main like plot of the book is about her and weddings. I I also really love the format of the book because every chapter ends with um this description of a wedding and it's written in like menu format the ending of the chapter so it starts with telling it starts with saying the names of the bride and groom and then what was on the menu that day and then um the gossip of the day and it's always like really funny stories like I don't know like one time the groom got so drunk he bought everyone Jägermeisters or whatever that drink is and everyone got like ridiculously drunk and there was like whipped cream all over the floor and the bride got really really upset understandably because they had to pay for all of the damages at the bar which was like 15,000 pounds this is a British book also so it's pounds and she is really sad because that was supposed to be their down payment on their house and she wants a divorce now because um this was not what she was expecting it's not what she signed up for and on one hand it's like sad but it's also hilarious because we're watching this from the perspective of Delilah who's not actually the bride she's just witnessing all this and I think it's also why she doesn't really want to get married her fiance or I mean, her boyfriend asked her to marry him, but, like, not as a proposal, just, like, casually. And it makes her really uncomfortable because she just really doesn't like weddings. And she has to learn to, like, figure out what she wants. Um, But, yeah, so there's all these different stories of... She has to go to, like, 12 weddings over the course of this book. Oh, jeez. I don't know if I can handle 12 weddings. And yeah, so at the end of the description, it always shows her bank balance because she has this dream job, but she's not earning that much money, actually. And she has so much debt and all these weddings are also really expensive. So it shows her bank balance. And I think at the beginning of the book, it's like her balance is like a hundred something pounds. And then with each wedding, it goes down. And by the end of the book, it's like not at the end, but like towards like the last like three quarters of the book, it's like negative negative. 
2,000 pounds or something. So part of that is like learning how to, you know, stand up for yourself so you don't go into debt. Yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing, standing up for yourself. Uh, I don't think I can... I don't think I will ever like, you know, let myself go to the negative balance just for other people's weddings. That That's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, but it sounds like it's a fun, light book, though. I mean. It is. It's really funny. She has this, like, hilarious grandma. Her name's Franny. So, yeah, the other part of the book is um, she's helping her grandma with this club. Because... I think she she has her best friend Lauren, but she doesn't get along with like a lot of other people her age. So she kind of hangs out with her grandma and their their club. It's called the Fuddy Duddies United and um and so like part of that is helping them get their club like organized and everything and I think that also gives her like purpose. It kind of sounds like this book has quite a bit of stereotypes in there including in there um i don't know i think it's it kind of like breaks against stereotypes what do you mean like like from just your description alone we have brides who became bridezilla who are very manipulative we have grooms that are just like drunk and destroying everything we have a girl who is so insecure in her life that even though though she knows that she shouldn't be getting coffee for this guy she's still doing it because it's just easier and we have also have her not being able to stand up for herself that she's letting her bank go to the negative balance and she just happens to be you know the the main girl who doesn't get along with anybody but get along with like the odd crowd it just seems like seems like i'm watching a sitcom uh, yeah i guess i East- misspoke she doesn't not get along with people but she has this like special bond with her grandma, I guess. Okay, gotcha. And um, I think the the club that her grandma's part of, they tried to get younger people into, but like one of the other older ladies like scared everyone off, because I think she didn't want younger people. But um, yeah, it's it's about like how how do you like find your own place, and I think part of her thinks that like just because she's not standing up for herself like it's not a big deal but she I think she finds out later that like because she's not standing up for herself that means she's not prioritizing herself and that also means she's not prioritizing the people that are important to her mm-hmm. because it's not just about her like all these other people are going to be affected and I think she doesn't realize that until someone tells her what do you think is the biggest takeaway from this book? I think there was a quote. I don't have it right now, but it was about how, like, she she's thinking to herself, she's like, I've been a follower for so long, I don't know how to do anything differently. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she just, she starts making decisions, and somehow everything starts changing a little bit. And... It's kind of like a domino effect, I guess. Like once she starts doing one thing differently, then everything else starts to change a little bit. Yeah, I think that's how life usually is, right? Like you do one tiny little thing different, and it in chain effects. Like it changes other stuff. Uh, 
like for me, one time, one of my resolution, I only have one resolution that year and it was sleep for eight hours because in chain effects, I know that I won't be as tired, which means that I'll have more energy, which also means that I will, you know, actually pace myself in whatever I need to do instead of cramming everything and I will do it according to my schedule. So yeah, definitely changing one thing of your life, one tiny thing of your life can have a huge domino effect on the rest of the stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, I think that it's not that some people are leaders and some people are followers. It's like everyone has that in them to like use their own voice and say what they want. And we can't judge people for like being selfish I guess because I think in the book like there are some characters who she describes at certain points as like spoiled and rude and selfish but her grandma tells her at some point that like just because people are selfish doesn't mean they're bad and she's like you know your friends are rude and selfish but that's why you like them also because they add like character kind of and she she kind of like realizes that like everyone kind of has different like sides to their personality and just because someone doesn't always like act super respectfully that's not the worst thing in the world always Mm -hmm. what would you say you resonate with most um i really like the i i liked all of it honestly it was just it was really funny and um relatable i guess but I liked the um, the ending. The ending was really nice. How would... Uh, can you give away the ending without really making it a spoiler? Or... Um, I don't know. I guess... Or should we say spoiler alert? Um, no, I won't. I'll try not to give it away. But um, the best friend, Lauren, she she is supposed to have this like huge wedding at the end and she she had planned been planning this wedding for only six months which a lot of people were advising her not to do because they were like a wedding takes a long time to plan like you should give yourself more time to make all these decisions and everything and she went against everyone and she did it in six months and then um and then we find out that like it's actually not the way she planned and that's okay and so I really liked that it was like you know it was showing us that like even though you've been planning this like perfect day it might not go as planned and that's like totally fine Mm -hmm. and then would you say that the main character grew because I know you say she changed a little bit of her life and then that had domino effect and everything started getting better but would you say that she actually grew Yeah, I mean, no, she didn't just change one thing, but I think changing one thing helped her make all these other positive decisions. So I think at one point, it started with her grandma's club. The place that they meet was supposed to be shut down because they didn't have enough funding to keep it open. And there was this like misunderstanding with the building owners and she she's not able to stand up for herself in other aspects of her life for some reason so she goes up to this building owner and she just like really let lets him have it like she starts like you know speaking passionately to him and she's able to 
talk to him for a while and he's being really stubborn but eventually she kind of gets her points across it takes many meetings but I think those conversations help her be more like I don't want to use the assert- word assertive but confident. I guess assertive or maybe confident yeah it gives her confidence Confirm. in the rest of her relationships I think gotcha yeah well, that brings us to the end of our discussion here. And if you have been listening to this far, you know, thank you so much for listening. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or any way you listen to us because that's the only way that we really know that you're actually listening to us because we don't really have any way to figure out like, who's listening to us. So we would definitely love to hear from you. Or, you know, just give us a shout out on Instagram because we're pretty active there and we would love to hear your thoughts. And the next book that we're doing is actually by Stephen King, his latest book called Later. So I'm excited for that. It's a little bit different from the books that we've been doing, which is more so about, um, you know, self mental issues or societal issues. And this book is a little bit more suspense based and I'm excited for it. And Mm -hmm that should be coming out in about two weeks so keep in tune about that anything to add sonali no i'm excited to read our first suspense book yes so anyway have a good night y'all and be safe don't do anything stupid like we would (laughs) 